This is the Think LA podcast from Los Angeles, the center of advertising, marketing, and media. The pandemic has nearly passed, but consumer habits have been set. If you aren't the most convenient option, you're losing sales to your competition. Luckily, Gimbal's On The Way SDK lets stores know when a customer has left, if they're stuck in traffic, and when they've arrived. Don't make Timmy wait. I wonder how long this is going to take. Deliver magical experiences. Here's your order, sir. Whoa, thanks. For all your curbside and in-store pickup customers. Visit gimbal.com slash podcast to learn more. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we speak with Bernice Chow and Jessalyn Lam, co-founders of Asians in Advertising, which strives to develop a free community, create opportunities, and help elevate Asians to higher leadership positions. We hope you enjoy this episode, and we hope you learn a lot as well. So welcome, Bernice and Jessalyn. How are you? Great. Great. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Um, Let's start off with uh, telling everyone a bit about yourselves. Uh, Bernice? Sure. So I'm Bernice Chow. I'm a creative director at RGA California out of Santa Monica. I am also a professor at LMU and at General Assembly. I teach their advertising courses there. And then at General Assembly, I teach foundations in visual design, Photoshop, and website design as well. I also am the lead organizer for TEDx Culver City and a mentor for several organizations, as well as work with a couple nonprofits. That's great. Thank you. And Jessalyn? Sure. So I am currently a Precision Marketing Academy Director at TWA Worldwide for the Nissan account. And Bernice also didn't mention that we are co-founders of Agents in Advertising, which is really exciting. And in addition to that, I also currently am the president-elect for Association for Talent Development. And in terms of like mentorships, I also am part of a lot of mentorship programs. The, the few that I'm currently part of is the 3AF. We created a next generation leadership mentorship program that launched this year specifically for Asian professionals. And just happy to be here. That's great. Thank you both so much. Uh, so what inspired you to start Asians in Advertising? About two years ago, I had this idea to kind of create an Asians in Advertising group And at that time, I was working with a couple of my coworkers who were Asian, and we had a couple meetings where we discussed, like, is this a real need? And I think as part of culturally, perhaps, we were kind of always told, you know, is it right for us to make a space for ourselves? Are we, you know, is this something that the community really needs? And are we being too exclusive about it? Um, Is, you know, I think we make excuses for ourselves to not stand out is kind of the bottom line of this. And so it kind of fizzled out. Um, And it wasn't until the pandemic where I really started to examine my career and I was reading about how important mentorships are. And I always mentored down. I never really had a mentor up for me, especially someone that I really could relate to in terms of having another female POC. And so one of the things I did during the pandemic was self-reflection. And I reached out to other 
Asian females on LinkedIn uh, that were in advertising. And I was like, hey, can we just get a coffee date? Like, you know, I would love to buy coffee with you. I would love to hear about your career. And then I realized how much I really enjoyed that. And it wasn't until I attended an Ascend virtual conference with Jessalyn when I was like, this is amazing. Look at these incredible people. And I don't work with these people. They're outside of my agency, but I want to meet more people like that. And Jessalyn had such an incredible spirit when she talked about all the different organizations she was in, in the Asian, the AAPI space. And I was like, we need to do this together. Um, I want to take this off the shelf. I want to make this a thing. And yeah, so I contacted Jessalyn and I was like, are you interested in this? Let's make this a real thing. And that's kind of how Asians in Advertising got founded. Yeah, and I'm happy to add to that. I mean, even though Bernice and I, we just met this year, I I just felt like there was an instant connection. Like as soon as we had a one-on-one and after I learned about her, I was like, she's someone I completely admire. Like I definitely want to become lifelong friends with her. And when she asked me to be the co-founder, I didn't even ask like, what does that entail? Like, I need to know the entire plan. I was like, just like, yes. I was like, let's talk more about it and would love to collaborate. So it's it's just being able to create that community and the community that we wish we had when we were we were just growing up throughout this industry. And now that we have created it, it's amazing to see the, the interest for people that are interested in joining. I mean, from the time we launched it in March, Till now, there's been over 500 people that are interested in joining the community. So we're really happy to see that. That's fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, Before we move on, I just want to read the mission statement from the Asians in Advertising's website. Um, Asians in Advertising strives to develop a free community, create opportunities, and help elevate Asians to higher leadership positions. To make place for Asians within advertising to come together in a community where we are often excluded, connecting with each other in order to advance their goals, careers, artistic and personal growth, help answer questions, offer advice, and have discussions about the issues that the Asian community faces as a whole or in creative careers. How have you seen a lot of that come to fruition since you started? So for us, we're going to start with our first matchmaking event because we want to create community. I think oftentimes we are so siloed in the world of advertising I feel like I only know the couple of Asians that I worked with uh, and that's kind of how I have my network, but you know, that isn't a big number. And so the hope is that we can kind of create a community where people can share their experiences, what they've learned, tactics that they use and just see it, see what, you know, the possibilities are. Cause it's sometimes if you don't see that representation of yourself at that position, you don't know there's a pathway there. So that's our hope with our first event. And that's May 27th and 28th. Correct. And we're sold out for both of them. We are at capacity. Um, We are at, yeah, that's only because that's the hangouts. That's the limit for breakout rooms. So we have 300 for each. Um, We started a wait list. If we have enough need in the wait list, we will open a third date. But yeah, this is something where we thought we would get 50 people. Um, So we are so excited that we have 600 people. Well, wow. Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. So you've, you've mentioned a few things already, but um, I, I ask you the favor of educating me a little bit, please. What are the issues that are continuing to affect people of Asian descent in our industry? Jessalyn, you want to take that one? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say many times we unfortunately are the, the afterthought. And I think it's really important for us to break a lot of the stereotypes where people think 
Asians are too shy or too quiet. And we really need to dispel that model minority myth and break the bamboo ceiling. And so to educate people like the model minority myth, that's when people, it hurts Asian Americans because they think Asians are always wealthy, successful. And that's not true when it comes to Asians, because we're not, we shouldn't be seen as a monolith. And that it it's definitely hurts us because then when people think that that's how Asians are, they're not giving us those opportunities and we're te- technically invisible because a lot of the terms, like I'm a big supporter when it comes to, to people of color, but w- the challenge I have is that when people say BIPOC, they don't include Asians in the conversations and Asians need to be part of that conversations to, to really help elevate them, create opportunities for them. And, and also break the bamboo ceiling where with that term, that means that Asians have that double ceiling, not only not having opportunities in like leadership roles, they're they're prevented from mobility when it comes to their career. Well, I mean, I'm also awake around the clock now with my newborn. Um, So I've been just reading the news and I saw yesterday there was about six Asian hate crimes, Um, two in San Francisco, four in New York, Um, And that's where Jessalyn and I are both kind of are on both coasts. And these are, you know, predominantly, you know, multicultural areas. And it's so sad kind of just seeing, you know, with kind of where we are in, you know, politics and what's kind of the current environment that people are just kind of attacking Asians ruthlessly from behind, um, unwarranted. And that is a really scary thing. Um, So it's not only you know, career advancement, but just like overall, like security is really different now for us. Um, you know, whether that's us leaving the house or parents leaving our house, you know, our grandparents leaving the house. Um, one of the hate crimes was a dad who was 36 years old with a stroller with a one-year-old. And he was hit so hard that he fell down and the stroller went to the street. Like, and I was like, as a new mom, I was just horrified. Um, so that's another really big issue. And it's nice that, you know, having this community, we can talk about these things that are happening. Um, in a place where people aren't, you know, I think people don't like to talk about things that worry them, especially culturally. So it's nice to have this shared space. Well, in that same vein, then, how can people be better allies to both their colleagues, you know, to the industry? Obviously, society as a whole, we can understand that. But in our industry, how can we be better allies? For people to be better allies, I, w- I would say is is first taking that time to learn and educate yourself. And instead of asking that underrepresented group the questions all the time, make sure you take that time to learn yourself, whether that's taking bystander training, there's a lot of allyship training coming up, reading books, articles, podcasts to educate yourself, and then also create those spaces to help amplify their voices. So if, especially for those people who are in positions of influence and power, to make sure you're intentional about it and and checking in on people. As Bernice was mentioning about like the safety of employees, it's important to not be silent about it. So to be an ally can even just be checking in on your employees and asking them what resources do they need or what support can the, the, the company provide. So how can organizations as a whole, you think, support Asian employees in this anti-racism work? One one example that I, I like to mention a lot is mentorship programs. And I say that because I, I also am on that committee of the 3AF Next Gen Leaders, where we created that mentorship program. And that's the first of its kind that I've ever seen a mentorship program specifically for Asian employees. 
And I encourage people, employers to be able to create that, whether it's within their, within their companies or even externally, there's a lot of opportunities for that. Another one that I'm, I'm part of is Colorcom. I'm a member of Colorcom and they recently launched a mentorship program. And it's incredible that I'm able to be matched with a chief diversity officer. So having access to executives is important. So to providing those kind of opportunities and even professional development and making sure that they're, they're invested in. So for, I'll give you an example. We have a mentorship program at Think LA and we have path to the she suite and path to the we, to the we suite. And we're always talking about um, equity and inclusion, but how can we do more work to see more people of Asian descent in the C-suite? I think having more representation. I know a lot of the mentorship programs that I'm part of that aren't specifically for a minority group. I think the representation is, you know, not the greatest in terms of just the DNI of things. Um, also in the disciplines as well, like in advertising, there's so many unique disciplines, you know, whether someone like me is a creative or a strategy or account. And I do think some positions within advertising, there is a lot less of that diversity, especially for me in creative. Um, I'm in a predominantly white male sector compared to my other um, kind of verticals. So having that is really important to see that. Like I said, I've never worked under a female person of color. So for me, I was like, what does that look like? You know, um, and that was something that I had to reach outside of my network to find. Sure. I, I, I even want to share a great resource where the CMO of Digitas, Michelle Tang, she wrote a really great article called We Belong in the C-Suite. I mean, just that title alone and seeing Asian representation in C-Suite, amazing to see that. And she, she shared really great tips. And, and one of her tips was even like encouraging Asians to, to fight against our own natural impulse to not rock the boat. Because a lot of the times, I mean, I'll, sh I'll share just personally for me, that my experience is that I'm not taught to like be the loudest person in the room or to speak up. And now that I'm like more into my career, I'm like, nope, I'm tired of being quiet. Like this is the time, like this is the time to use my voice. Like I'm finding my voice and being able to use it to create more opportunities and collaborating with, with people like Think LA or other people who are allowing me to amplify it and create those resources for others to benefit from. and. And just continue to find people that are are going to create solutions and be part of be part of that instead of being part of the problem and being silent. It's it's finding the right people to to make it happen and to really put those put agents in those C-suite positions. Are you finding that not enough people are speaking up and not recommending people of Asian descent for bigger roles? I think for me, what I see is a lot of. Asians, like, if they're like, oh, if I'm not given this position, maybe I don't deserve it. Um, they're not fighting for these positions. I mean, that's kind of just what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of think that by merit, we will succeed. And I think in advertising, you know, part of that is to be really vocal about getting promotions because maybe they don't look at someone that's Asian descent and be like, that's a leader. Um, whereas maybe if they see someone that they better identify with, that person, they will kind of elevate on their own, maybe a little bit more passively. Um, but I feel like Asian people have to self-advocate and see and push for those things that, you know, maybe is not in their nature to push for. 
but to start recognizing that it is okay. It is okay to ask for that promotion. It is okay to apply for that job. You know, you are a leader. Um, I think are things that, you know, agents kind of need to hear more from or see, you know, examples of. Well, I'll also even add from my learning and development experience, I, I do see a lot of companies, they not only just Asians, I don't see a lot of people of color being sent to, to the leadership trainings or to be invested in when it comes to getting a coach. And that's something that I want to be part of changing. And that needs to change where we need to invest in the people of color to make sure that they're given the right opportunities and to answer your question, like I don't see them selected. So, and that's why we're here. Like we wanna be able to, to change that and let people know, like be more intentional when you're selecting people. And a lot of times people are just picking people because it's, whether it's favoritism or just because it's someone that they know. So now it's like re really thinking about the talent and thinking about how you can make it fair in terms of opportunities for everybody. It's interesting you said that because with the Black Lives Matter movement, we kept hearing about the emotional labor that goes into explaining your side of the story to people. Um, how has that affected both of you and how has that affected Asians in advertising as a group? I would say I'm, I'm very grateful with the, the current employer that I'm at because they are very supportive when it comes to vulnerability. And I say that because I've been more vocal this past year in terms of sharing resources and what we need to do. And our managing director asked me to speak during a global town hall about the resources and about Asians in advertising. I'm also the founder of our Asian ERG across our Omnicom network and also at TVWA, I'm a leader for that as well. And so since I'm doing so much for the Asian community, he asked for me to share. And when it comes to writing, I felt comfortable like writing out an email, like here's all the resources. And I was like, yep, happy to share it. And it wasn't until I verbally started saying out loud during the global town hall, I, I started crying. And it's, it's hard because then I started reflecting on like what the reality of it, because I've been so busy trying to serve the community that I haven't taken enough time to reflect. And it was just so great to see how my colleagues, they were all supporting me, like putting in the chat, like, we're here for you. And afterwards, our, my managing director was like, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your resources and what you're doing. Like, let us know if you need anything. And some of my colleagues also like pinged me one-on-one -on -one just to check in. So that, that's been really grateful to see, but it is, it is part of the journey, like that, that emotional roller coaster. And there is something that I hear often, which I'm guilty of saying this myself too, where it's very frustrating when people are asking the like the underrepresented group to always have to speak up and to always have to talk about it. And we're already exhausted ourselves and then you're giving us the responsibility. But I now have changed that framework because of someone I heard on a panel recently, she was saying that that is true, but then that's also part of leadership. It's part of leadership to be responsible and be able to, to change what like a current society is and I've been trying to remind myself constantly, like this is part of leadership, but at the same time, I also take breaks. Like I need mental health breaks just to check in. And, and it's, it's part of the journey for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm part of the RGA network and they're super vocal um, about recognizing things that happen and creating space. Um, I'm part of the, you know, the RGA Asians group that they meet up with town halls. I'm not part of the board, um, but I do attend those things. And I really like when they do share 
Uh, I also helped with their merch aid recently, which actually created a line of clothing through the AAPI Women Lead Organization. Um, so we collaborated with 10 Asian artists to basically um, create a fund for them. And we raised really good money. And I mean, the clothing was really amazing. Um, but it's really nice to see RJ behind all these initiatives. I do think they also, when something does happen in the news, Sean Lyons will be very like, oh, if you guys need to take the afternoon off, go ahead. You know, they're very supportive. So I'm really fortunate to be part of a group that's really, you know, aware of these things. That helps to feel supported, especially from an employer. That's great to yeah, hear. No, it's really amazing. So through all of this, think back to yourself starting out in the industry. What advice would you give to somebody who's starting out and what should they look out for, especially in terms of standing up for yourself, as you mentioned earlier? I just think you need to be self-advocating. Um, I think so much of the time I was waiting for projects to be given to me, um, you know, better briefs or to be on a better team or to be on a better brand. And it took me, I think, a couple of years to realize I had to say what I wanted. Oh, I want to work with this person. I want to be on this project, you know, um, and just keep pushing. If they say, oh, maybe not this time, you ask again, you keep asking. Uh, and if they don't give it to you, maybe it's not the right place. I think a lot of times you're just like, oh, I'm just not giving it. Maybe I don't deserve it. Or maybe I'm not ready. Or maybe I don't deserve that promotion or that raise. And um, we get it a lot later than a lot of our colleagues. Um, I would see people below me, younger than me, get promoted, you know, quicker and faster. And I just thought I wasn't worthy, you know, and that wasn't true. It just wasn't, I wasn't in consideration. Uh, and I think having to understand your worth uh, is a big thing. That's something I would tell my younger self and every other junior. I would say to look for a team and company that really celebrates you being your whole self and not having to hide who you are. And I say that even just out of personal experience, because I have unfortunately experienced a lot of toxic work environments. And I didn't know what was better until having that kind of experience now where my current agency, they celebrate people beyond just the work you do. I mean, we celebrate birthdays, we celebrate milestones. I just bought a home and like my team sent me a gift. Like it's amazing to see that and, and have that kind of environment. And now that I have that, I, I tell people all the time, like, especially those new to the industry, when you're interviewing, you have to remember that it's a two-way street. You're also interviewing them to make sure it's the right culture, make sure it aligns with your goals and your values because you have options and you don't want to have to be desperate, just look, look for a job. Like you want to make sure you're finding the right company that you can grow in and be able to, to be yourself. And I just add another thing, you know, it's okay to ask for help. Um, it's okay to get support, find a mentor. Um, I think these things, you know, you're, you don't know if you're good enough to share your work or, you know, if you're bothering someone to reach out, like you don't want to be a nuisance to somebody else. Um, but I always say like to juniors and college level students, I say, you're not, you know, the, the worst thing they're going to do is not respond, but if they do respond, they care and they want to help you. So definitely make use of that network. So definitely ask. That definitely. Makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Get advice, you know, find, find someone that you can relate with, you know, ask those questions that you have, you know, I think it's always good. Well, I want to thank both of you for taking the time to talk with us and definitely want to thank you for your great work with Asians in advertising and for not just helping people, but opening minds and um, taking the, the time and putting in the labor to educate uh, our listeners and me. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. 
thank you for having us. You know, this is so, um, we were so excited to be interviewed for this. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To find out more about our upcoming webinars and events, please go to thinkla.org. You'll also find information on membership and how we continue our mission of serving the Los Angeles advertising, marketing, and media community. Take care.